Beer Fridge Podcast. Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Beer Fridge Podcast. Real beer, real breweries, real opinions. As always, wherever you listen to this episode, make sure you subscribe, hit that ding like link to be notified of all the latest episodes. You can show your support by heading to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Beer Fridge Podcast, or drop us a five star rating. We much appreciate it. My name is Gavin. I've got my usual drinking buddies in the form of MD, Callum, and Scott. Good evening, gents. Hello. Good evening. And tonight we're joined by Jeremy from Missing Link Brewery or Brewing, excuse me. How, how are you getting on, mate? <laughs> uh, yeah, good. Nice, nice to see you guys. Nice. I, don't worry. I'm laughing at myself as usual because I always do the introduction for who's on and I always either get their name wrong or the brewery wrong. It doesn't matter how many times I'm, I'm reading your can and everything and I still got it wrong. So, and my apologies. Our, our, our dress is a Missing Link Brewery. Brewery and we're missing a brewing, so both is right. So yeah, so right. there you go. So I just said them both because I knew that was the case. So covering um, both bases, yeah. Well played, Mark. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't bollocks. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the start of a podcast if I didn't get it wrong. So uh fair fair play. Indeed, yeah, I look forward indeed. to it. Appreciate you joining and I appreciate you um they're sending a couple of beers for us to try as well for us uh, north of the border. Um, a wee bit more challenging to get a hold of um, other than your web shop, but so appreciate appreciate you sending them. Yeah, well, uh, I'm glad we could sort of send them at the moment. I'm a bit worried what's going to happen in the um, in the coming months. That's a whole other can I'm not oh, touching it again. I'm not, not touching uh, it again. I know. If we go down that DRS fucking train, we're, we're there for a day and an age. Fuck me. Um, we'll start off as we normally do, go around the virtual table to see what we're drinking to start off the podcast. Mr. Muir, uh, eagerly waiting to tell me what beverage you're enjoying. The fuck happened there? <laughs> I'm blaming the call. <laughs> Aye, okay. What you got, Cal? I'm drinking Howler, New Zealand Pilsner. Nice. I don't know if you can hear me properly. My internet's dropping in and out, so I'll uh, I'll give you an update once I've got a better signal. All oh, right, okay. I, I thought you were being weird. I thought something had fucking <laughs> happened. I thought I'd fucking turn my mic off or something. Right, we'll get that update after you in a second then. Uh, Scotty, you're staring eagerly at your can. What you got? Yes. So I'm on Bonobo. So New England Paleo. Uh, 4.6%. Incredibly, it looks amazing in the glass. Lovely, bright orange. Um, hazy number. This one has... It's pretty packed uh, for 4.6. Flavour-wise, um, we've got... Malt-wise, we've got Marisota, pale wheat oats, carapils in there, hops, azaka, citron, mosaic. Pretty perfect combo. Um, mm-hmm. Hopwise and London Ale yeast. Um, classic. It's amazing. Just classic, but, but it's super easy, really easy to drink. Um, perfect kind of starter. Packed full of flavour for being quite light ish on ABV. Yeah. Um, for us, anyway. Um, definitely session. And it's just a, a joy, pretty tropical. Um, bags of flavour, bags of aroma on the old beak, which is excellent. Yeah. Um and I it's just something I could I could see me having a good a few of if you like. Um definitely a bit kinda tropical, loads of tropical on the nose. Um definitely brightens up 
what is quite a dreek uh, Scottish phrase evening um, <laughs> here in in West Lothian. Yeah. Definitely a, a good wee pick me up. It's lovely. It's one thing. Well, uh, uh, sorry, Jeremy, carry on. Uh, Bonobo was actually our first sort of step into doing New England's back when we lit- we didn't even call it a, a New England pale ale. It was just our hazy pale uh, mm. in three thirty mil cans. So when we started, we had four beers, and that was one of them. And that sort of developed up into what's now Bonobo, which probably our second most popular. Uh, beer at the moment, um, something that we have to brew sort of once a month just to keep up with um, orders, really, because it, it's that sort of ABV that people would sesh with. Mm-hmm. 100%. You can tell that fits the bill perfectly in that. In that it's regard. one thing. It's, um, it's an excellent example, isn't it? It's one thing I've, I've lived down here for seven, eight years, too long. Um, and it's I've obviously come across your beers a, a few times in that time period. And the one thing I've always heard from other people I've spoke to in in tap rooms or bottle shops is it's the kind of New England and the hazy style beers are the ones that you you kind of specialize in. The ones that you're you're you kind of your better beers, not better. That's the wrong word to use. You know, I knew as soon as I said that was the wrong word to use. Mm-hmm. The ones you specialize in more so than others. Yeah, well, I, I think it's um, a lot to do with the current trends. Um, sort of New England hazy style beers, sort of are very much on trend. That sort of fruit uh, hop yeah. forward style, um, easy drinking. Um, something that we actually bought the current uh, brew house and equipment we've got uh, that we can sort of do these sort of big juicy hop forward beers. Um, so something we sort of specialize more in um, I love doing other beers like um, you know the newest style that we've sort of been playing with is the cold IPA yep. uh, which is a fantastic um, style of beer something you know really exciting and it's great to have something that is actually different from another Nipah but you know we still love playing with the Nipahs uh, hop combos it's Besides doing our primate series, we like sort of playing around with the hops, getting two, three, four different hops into a beer, um, getting nice big um, sort of hops into the whirlpool on hot side. Uh, and that's something that we have fun doing. And I think that sort of comes across in our beers. 100%, definitely. Uh, Mark, I know you're, you're diving to digest and getting some questions there after that diagnosis by Jeremy, but I want to know what you're drinking first. I'm on the cold IPA, funnily enough, um, so 6.3%. It has <clears throat> basically, um, it's, it's it's kind of loaded with three of my favourite hops, to be fair, um, and you'll after I say them, you'll kind of know where I'm heading with this. Uh, Cascade, uh, Chinook, and Citra. Um, I, I think the the, th- the three hops that are in there scream to me a uh, sort of West Coast kind of style beer um the tasting notes and things that go along with it are kind of grapefruity um it's got a bit of stone like that kind of stone lychee aspect to it to begin with um and then the i'm going to say a slight westiness in the back um the normal westy drinker will probably think it's got a, a good kick of bitterness yeah um me being 
Mr. As West, <laughs> as West as it gets, I would say it probably needs a bit more bitterness in the back end of it. But the overall kind of balance is is really, really nice. It's actually got much more flavour coming out of it the warmer it's got. So I'm kind of holding the glass now um, because the last couple of mouthfuls, I feel I've been uh, I've been far more like, like I had a better mouthfeel to it and the overall sort of flavour, you're getting the, the balance between the kind of the sweet and the bitter. Mm-hmm. There's a slight pininess to it, but again, I'm kind of hoping that comes through if it's a little bit warmer. Um, but it's like uh, you were saying, Jeremy, the cold IPA is, uh, it was the beer, the the tail end of last year. I think it, like we were, every time one cropped up, it was like a must have because it was mixing lager and IPAs. And, I buy them all the time. As soon as I see one, I buy one. I bought one today. Um, I think it's incredible. Um, and this is another standout. I think it's a lovely beer. Um, I'm hoping the the westy aspect of it kind of comes through a wee bit more when it heats up. That's probably my only criticism of it so far. But that's me being um Mr. Westside, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um we actually um brewed that without trying one because um I was sort of hearing about it coming out in the States and I tried everywhere to find one that I could actually try over here and there was no one doing it yet. So I had a chat with a, a, a brewery that's actually in LA and sort of got some ideas from them and sort of did a bit of research and what the flavours would be um, and sort of brewed it from there. Um, first time I've ever brewed with adjuncts. Um, so that was interesting. Um, and I wanted to go for the, some classic hops with it. Um, I know there's some amazing styles out there using New Zealand hops and hops from all around the world, but you know, it's from the West Coast and we wanted to do something that was easy drinking. And also it's a great crossover beer because we get so yeah. many people into our tap room going, oh, we don't like ale, we don't like that style of beer. And we go, well, try the cold IPA, which is, uh, you know, halfway between a lager and a, a West Coast. And that's been fantastic for getting people to actually even try some of our mm. sort of yeah. more... Even fruit forward, we've got people who've come in who wouldn't have touched an IPA, and now they're like, "Oh, bonobo! Got any bonobo?" <laughs> so um, it's so. great for that, and it, it is such an easy drinking. And we decided not to go too harsh on the bitterness because um, yeah, I get it. We didn't. We were looking at as a very much for us a crossover beer, and if we went too heavy on the bitterness, I think we, it would have put off a lot of people coming over from that lager sort of style. Um, but we've also crossed over the other way funny enough we've got people who would never have gone for our howler uh which is uh, the new zealand pilsner um because it's a pilsner um and it's actually a really hot forward pilsner you know that sort of style new zealand style and we've brought people over to that as well so you know it's done its job for us and um we did look at it as a one-off and now it's in our, our core range it's like i have that is probably our top seller at the moment uh, of all the beers. And it's actually, as a single um, skew, that sells more than any of the others. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I've got to admit, the 6.3% is hidden really well. You know, because... I, and I, I would suggest 
like leaving this can out the fridge if you buy it. Like I've got to admit, like the difference for me and whether that's on your tasting notes or not, Jeremy, <laughs> I, I don't know. But for me, the flavour of it is far more impactful when it's been out the fridge for a little bit. The heat, like the like right now, the last couple of mouthfuls I've got, uh, you're getting that sort of piney resinous that you would expect, like from a Westie. Um, but you're still getting that sweet flavour that you get from like the sort of the the citra and the lychee and all the rest of it as well. And but as and and also the ABV sort of lends itself well to getting that sweetness out of the beer as well. Yeah. I, I I completely agree with you. We in the tap room we put that through one of our warmer lines because we've got lines that go down to like four degrees, and that one goes through at about twelve to fourteen degrees. Cast beer, um, baby. Because it, <laughs> it does it does develop those, uh, exactly as you say. If you have it too cold, you start to mask that bitterness. Um, yeah. But uh, again, we haven't made it too bitter. The IBUs in that are about 60. So it, uh, it's got that bitterness there, but it hasn't got a Pliny the Elder, you know, like super high sort yeah. of bitterness. Because as much as I like that style of beer, because I'm into so many different styles, as a general consensus for like Joe Public, uh, yeah. you go saying that sort of bitter. Uh, it's very specialist. It's got to be commercial. I, I've got. I, I totally get it. You know, you're 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 playing to the mass audience. Um, but the I, I kind of wrote notes down when it was really co- cool, and I was sort of like, I feel like it's like I, I wrote. I feel like it's missing the oomph that I was expecting for a six point three percent cold IPA. But I would scrub that out now because. The, like the warmer the beer is, the the all, all the flavors there. Um, so it just it just shows you the the differences in sort of like I say pouring the beer at yeah. the correct at the correct temperature. Hundred so. percent, definitely. I am on Baroma myself, so I'm not going to repeat what Scott said, but I hear here and uh, definitely <laughs> thing uh, on. Scott's comments. Uh, Calm, you seem to have found the better Wi-Fi in your household. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm currently it. sitting on top of the router at the moment. So, um, <laughs> that smile on your face? Yeah, that's it. Right. And it's, it's vibrating nicely. So, um, that's a good place to warm up your beers. Right. Uh, that's it. That's it. And uh, well, this one, this one doesn't need warmed up, and it's uh, it's Howler. So moving on nicely to, from what Jeremy was talking about here, this is the New Zealand Pilsner, 5%. So um, a decent ABV, premium, as you would say, sort of premium lager type yeah. strength. Um, but it, it really, it, it does cross over wonderfully. Um, if, you, if, you were to, if you were to say it was a Pilsner, you would you'd be like, mm, I'm not really so sure. Um, but looking at the hot bill, it's... Um, it, it's sort of packed with those New Zealand flavours that we love. Yep. So it's Motueka, Nelson's and uh, Rewaka. Um, and it's basically, it's like another hybrid beer and it's, it's super delicious. You start off with that sort of crisp sort of biscuitiness that, that you would that you would expect for a Pilsner, but you're getting loads and loads of those classic New Zealand flavours. So you're getting that sort of white winey, gooseberry flavour that you would expect for Nelson and also sort of some melon sweetness and sort of tropical notes is there in there as well um so if you were to, if you were to say it was a classic pilsner it definitely isn't but it's it's an absolutely fantastic drink it really is and it's and it, as you say it's that that sort of crossover 
and it would work both ways for me because if you've got if you've got somebody who is is into their hoppy beers and and you know turns their nose up at a pilsner or a lager, it would work moving them towards that kind of, but but also in the same way, if you've got somebody who's a lager fiend, you could definitely see them using this as a gateway into more yeah. hop forward beers, um, and it, uh, yeah, it's really nice. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad. I I I just uh, I fell on the sword and took one can from the box um, this uh, this time round. So I'm glad this is the one that I did pick from the box. So yeah, lovely. Well, talking about sort of classic styles, um, something that we like to do here is not necessarily follow the form. Yeah. Um, I think if we all did it to exactly what the form is, we'd all be making exactly the same beers. Aye. Um, yep. They'd all taste the same and there wouldn't be any of that journey. Um, for us, it's, uh, you know, we brew that very similar to an IPL and it could almost be called an IPL. Um, mm -hmm. Very much, uh, we our base is using classic German um, uh, malts, uh, classic German yeast. But past that, it's all about being hop forward with big whirlpool hop in that again. Um, a dry hop as well uh, before it's uh, finished fermenting. A bit of biotransformation happening there. Um, and I think that sort of just brings it together really well. We've, we've recently made that a gluten-free as well, you know, so that we have two beers in um, a gluten-free range. Um, yeah. And it, it's just for us is so much better than just having a, a standard lager on the bar, you know, just yeah, exactly. something that has yeah. that interest. 100%, definitely. That's what, and, that's what and you want. Often, uh, one, one of the, the sort of part-time guests on the podcast, who's Rice Whack, is, is, uh, has issues with gluten and he's always seeking out sort of gluten-free beers. And I'll, I often find they can be a bit on the disappointing side. Um, they, they can sort of lack a bit of body and and they can lack a bit of substance, but this this absolutely doesn't. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a proper drink, this one. Love it. Oh, great. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, like we mentioned, we're joined by Jeremy from Missing Link Broom in West Sussex. Um, we've went around the table, we've sampled some of the beers. Uh, let's go back a little bit. How and where, and the kind of story of how Missing Link started and how it came to be. Um, well, originally I was in the wine industry, um, sort of. Uh, did a bit of traveling with that, uh, making wine, working in vineyards. Um, and then met my um, current wife, Becky, um, and decided, you know, didn't want to be sort of traveling all over the world and settle down and sort of have that family life. Um, and so it was like, well, what am I going to do? And I was thinking, you know, brewing, uh, winemaking, doesn't seem too far away you know there's yeast there's liquids there's alcohol involved so decided that we would look into doing a brewery on the farm that where we're based yep. um, and started off with a a small 500 litre brownmeister kit which I, I think a lot of people do start on uh, yeah yeah very quickly outgrew that um, <laughs> when we first brewed in it it was like this is massive and god we're making lots of beer and what we're going to do with all this beer um, and yeah, and, and very quickly we were like, right, we need to, to upgrade uh, and actually get a bit more serious about this. And and that you, you clearly have done. I, mean, I, I was lucky enough a couple of weeks ago to um, stop by and, and you gave me a, a little tour of the place and 
fuck me, there's some of equipment in that place. Jesus, you've you've packed that in very, very well. Yeah, there's not um any space to to swing a cat really. No. <laughs> what um, what size are you brewing now, Jeremy? Well, well we've we've got a 12 hectolitre kit. Um so it is steam generated, so we can continuous brew on that. So we tend to double brew through a day or sometimes triple brew. We quadruple brewed as well. So um, <laughs> nice. that's sort of um, our, our brew length. Um, we've got uh, 17 fermenters um, in, the, in the main sort of brewery room, which covers um, 20 hex and 10 hex so we get to play around with some interesting things in the 10 hex and do the dippers and things like that and then we've got the 20 hex we're doing our sort of main core ranges but, uh, honestly guys the, the place is like it's fucking rammed you see the pictures and that like it looks I, that's why i was asking like uh, um i was looking on the website earlier and you could see you're doing like the brewery tours and stuff and uh i was like it just it, like it looks it looked compact if you know what i mean it was just it was difficult to work out what what size but when you've got 17 fermenters i suppose they tend to take up a bit of space don't they um uh so <laughs> yeah yeah um, but that's the uh so there's 17 17 fermenters and then there's a little bit of a magic or a magic equipment in the back right corner um oh. tell us a little bit about that you know Oh, you still got us. Oh. Oh, we lost, we lo I don't know if I lost you or you lost me there. Oh, we think we lost you for a second. Sorry, Jeremy, not a problem. I was just saying, um, you've got all that equipment in there and, and you've got a, a, a little, not necessarily a secret, a, a special bit of equipment in the, the far right corner of, beside all those 17 fermenters in there. Tell us a little bit about that. One of the first in the UK, I, I remember you saying. Well, uh, we were one of the first in the UK to get the sort of micro-sized centrifuges um, from GEA. Um, way back when we started doing the New England style beers, um, the one thing that really annoyed me was when you bought a can of beer and you it either said on the side, pour really slowly or yeah. do yeah. not pour past this line or... And then you look inside your glass and you've got lots of floaty bits in it. And um, it, it's... It's something that I, I just didn't appeal to me when I had a beer to have bits of floaty bits, even yeah. though I knew there were hops and yeast, it just wasn't wasn't appealing. And we were looking at our sort of beers thinking, you know, we don't really want to be sort of putting that out there either. And, and the real options are either to sort of leave it in tank for a very long time or uh, put it through a, a, a sterile filter or even, you know, just a diatomaceous filter or something like that. And as soon as you filter something, you're stripping out flavor compounds, aroma compounds, all these lovely things in the beer that you try to pack in there and you know, sort of suddenly take them all out. And the, the beauty of the centrifuge is that you're actually taking all those bits out, but you're not actually filtering the beer. So it's still an unfiltered beer, uh, but it hasn't got any of that debris in it. So we, we took the plunge. It was, uh, it's the most expensive single item that we have in the, in the brewery. Um, I can imagine. Which, uh, but, um, you know, it allows us to do sort of the big beers with lots of flavor in them. Um, 
without having to leave them in the tank for lots of time and sort of picking up the bitterness from the hops that we don't want on it. And so, yeah, it's been a game changer for us. And um, every single beer that we package now goes through the centrifuge, whether it be a lager, whether it be a baboon dipper, um, they, they all get centrifuged. Um, I, you know, recently up at Beerix, I, I had somebody come up to me and say, uh, oh, I hear you centrifuge all your beers. Well, that's impossible because I'm just drinking one of your hazy beers and it's hazy. And so um, we had to do a little bit of science there, but uh, it is <laughs> um, interesting, you know, to the concept, uh, conception is that, um, you know, the, the bits in, of the haze that's left in there is all bits left over. But uh, if, you, if it's made correctly, it shouldn't be. So yeah. that, that was our big reason for, for, for getting centrifuge, uh, just making sure that consistency of um, beer that people are drinking. I think, um, I mean, after, like I said, coming, coming in a few weeks ago and, and having a chat with you, I, I don't, it, it, obviously it changed the way you brew beers, etc. I don't think it, it just changed the way you brew beers, but after talking to you and understanding, hearing that you had breweries coming to you, asking to, to, to kind of use the kit, etc., it potentially changed a lot of the kind of drinking culture and the beers that were brewed in the UK in general because of that bit of kit because people going shit we can actually get rid of get rid of the bits get rid of the sediment but we can still keep we can still keep that flavour and that the goodness that we want in the beer we can still keep it in the beer yeah uh, absolutely and you know the other thing as well is it it also means less tank time uh you know less the longer you've got a beer inside your tank um you're not putting another beer in there yeah. Um, means you need to be a lot bigger so it, it allows us to actually be bigger than we really are because we're sort of saving three four some of the beers up to seven eight days um, of tank time well you know uh, that's almost another brew going through just yeah, on completely. one of the tanks so um, yeah no it, it financially it, it made sense at, at the time it was a bit of a like um, we count our pennies and see if we can do this but um, yeah you know, it, it's really paid off for us. Definitely. Um, other aspects uh, of missing, like that people might not know, is um, it has been a stepping stone for other breweries who have came um, to you get you to yourselves and have brewed beers uh, at Missing Link and have gone on to to do their do their own thing and kind of establish themselves. The likes of Lost Pier, Unbarred, uh, I've also brewed with yourself, uh, Drop Projects guys who dan and the crew um they've went on to uh, to mitchum to their own little tap space i mean for yourself is that almost like like watching your kids grow up so to speak they've obviously came there to missing like they've learned they've learned off you they've they've done everything on the kit and they've tried the centrifuge etc and then they went off oh, done the cannon etc and they went we can fucking do this let's go off and fly and we can go and do our own thing like for me that would be like a especially with like the likes of well i would say drop project because they obviously went on to win uh raise the bar contest last year from we are beer so seeing these breweries that i've worked with you and, and i've i've been there in the brewery making their own beer and going and make award-winning beers and and grow bigger surely that must fill you with a bit of pride 
Yeah, well, uh, the thing is, is uh, it's it's been a two-way thing. Um, you know, when we originally set up Missing Link, um, you know, the actual name Missing Link is very much that it's uh, the in-between for somebody who hasn't got the resources or the money yeah. to go and brew these beers, but they've been either home brewing or they've worked in another brewery or they just have an interest in making beer and they just want to make that next step. And it's big money. You know, everything's made of stainless steel and uh, you have to, to outlay a lot of money. And we looked at it very much similar to what we do in the wine world. You know, I'm used to cor uh, corporate sort of winemaking, yep. uh, you know, cooperatives in South Africa, for instance, and France, all over the world. You know, they all share equipment uh, to produce their wines. Um, and we, we looked at, you know, why not do that for beer? You know, there's no reason why there can't be a load of people sharing the same kit and mm -hmm. it's a two-way street on the on the knowledge as well you know i learned so much off of the people that were brewing here like jt from drop project you know he was uh, he's worked in other breweries before coming here uh, and i learned stuff of him i learned stuff of uh jordan from unbarred uh dan still brews here we constantly chat about things and you know it, it's great to be brewing with people who've got that massive interest in beer um and and also get to use very technical kit and and we can learn together how, how to what works and what doesn't um you know and, and we've done a lot of beer through here in the last um seven years and um every single time on i taste the beers and ask questions and find out what did you do this what yeast did you use this and the other and it, it's a learning curve for me as well so um you know it, it's been absolutely superb for us sort of going forwards as a brewery you know I, me coming from wine I'd, I'd never brewed a beer i think i'd done years ago a woolworths kit you know, with a <laughs> liquid malt um you know and, and and that was as far as i'd got before uh, we started missing so um you know a lot of brewers have come through that whole home brewing world where they've moved on from something like that or uh, all grain brewing in like mini SS uh, brew tech kits and that and um, I've sort of come at it from another direction where I've come from knowing um, about wine and how to make wine and sort of putting that knowledge across which yeah. does cross over really well but you know I, I've learned a lot from the the other guys that have come in here as well it's been super it's funny, it's, it's funny you say about those wolf kits i've got one sitting right beside me well the kits on each I, I, I actually think that's been sitting there for about a year i was gonna say i doubt it's woolworths but well it won't be obviously yeah. that kind of <laughs> yeah. i'm showing my age when i say woolworths aren't i used to work in woolworths mate yeah, but don't yeah, worry we're yeah. in the same boat <laughs> that's just that that's just a, a proper advert for the whole industry though that 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 sort of collaborative um knowledge sharing relationship um it's just you know that that's what craft beer is certainly certainly that that's that's the, the impression that i've got over the the past few years doing this podcast with the guys it's just how keen that people are to to learn and how keen people are to pass on their knowledge to to other people that want to brew great beer um so it sounds like a phenomenal space to work in and um yeah it'd be interesting to get some of your recipes and see if you could scale it up mark yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, no, maybe no the pumpkin one right enough but yeah. Aye, well. i bet jeremy i bet you've had 
But you've had a couple of absolute stinker beer recipes that have came out, and you've thought, "What were we thinking?" Like, let's be honest. Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, they've been great. <laughs> I, I look back; it, it's quite interesting. Like, sort of looking back to what we started with, um, we, we were really lucky. You know, we worked with some great brewers that are coming th- through here. So we haven't actually had a stinker yet. Oh, We've come had, on! Don't say that. We, we, We've had one one drain pour, as, as some would call it, where um, a beer just didn't work out how we expected. So there's only been one so far that we've decided it's not going to market. Uh, you know, um, so oh, far, track records. Um, we, we haven't had any other issues. The only other time we've dumped a beer was because of an uh, actual issue with the yeast that came in um, right. from, from supplier. So, so touch wood. Uh, we're going all right at the moment. That's, that's <laughs> not bad. That's not bad in seven years. Um, of, uh, that's it's that's a pretty good batting average. That's there. pretty good. That unlike your, unlike your what fourteen or something that's yeah, on your sign that says how many days has it been without a disaster? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have lots of other disasters. Um, yeah, just not like involving tipping beer, which is, I suppose, the main thing. Yeah, if you no, give yourself quite, one score, that's that's that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's also um, interesting. Uh, sort of a lot of breweries sort of do a sort of a, a, a mini sort of version, you know, like in a pilot brew uh, in a small kit, and, yeah, and sort of scale it up from there. And I personally just don't have the time for that, you know, <laughs> as much as I would love to sort of play around doing that it, it's very much um you know that just takes so much time that we just haven't got here so it's very much a uh, new style what we're going to do and it's all about the research before we go in i was going to say does that mean out there uh, does that mean your decision making process has to be really considered because you know when you go for it you're going for it yeah absolutely um you know for us the, the smallest we can brew is 12 heck um you know and that's still a lot of money goes into that it's quite Mm -hmm. small you know compared to a lot of other big breweries out there but the the amount of hops that we put in these beers you know there's 15 to 20 gram per liter dry hops in some of these beers uh you know there's a lot of money that, that can very quickly go down the drain so yeah definitely um every day i've come in the brewery and uh i'm tasting a the beers all the way through the process um you know catching them early if there is something that's not showing correct um and most things can be dealt with um before you get to the final product if you catch them early so um yeah no it, it is very much um well planned the other thing that we don't do uh, is we don't bring out a, a different beer every week um one of our biggest market uh, for us is our own tap room where we've got a super busy tap room uh, we sell a lot of beer direct from um, our fridge you know coming in for cans and mini kegs and and so on and we looked at the fact well I certainly like when I like a beer I, I like to be able to get that again and, yep. and and drink it sort of maybe not regularly but at least maybe once every six months I might want the same beer um, again and so we started off really with four in our core range 
um, and then it was six and then it was eight and then I would not brew a beer for a while thinking okay that's not going to be core and then I'd have everybody going mad at me going no where's like orangutans a perfect example of one of our beers which is Quebec beer I thought you know we'll just bring that out as a special uh, every now and again and but yeah I, I got a lot of haters for that um, so <laughs> that's back in and um, we, we consistently have 16 beers which are pretty much a, a core range um because we, we we have outlets that just want like capuchin you know if that's all they want is capuchin then they want the same beer and they want it to taste the same um you know and there is two markets there is a market for that uh bringing new beer out every sort of other week and yeah different hot combinations and so on uh but we, we just haven't stepped in into that market we, we've very much gone down the line of people who just enjoy our beers um some people will just try them once um you know tick it off and untapped and um maybe come back to us when we, we, we do a new beer um mm -hmm. which is great and then we've got others that will come in and get six packs 12 packs of it buy a case of it you know and that works for us Definitely. i think it's great i think it's great to appeal to both camps you know there's 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 breweries that that, that sort of set their stall out that you know, we're we're never going to rebrew. You know, we're going to have two new two new beers a week, or two you know three three new beers a month, and that take it or leave it. If you like the style of beers that we brew, if you like the way that we brew, then you'll come back and drink it. But I think there's there's a lot to be said about loyal customers coming back and buying twelve packs, six packs, twenty four packs of beers that you're brewing consistently well. And you know, time after time after time, uh, having that repeat custom, it's definitely got to be. A winner as well. I think it's great to, to appeal to both areas. I think one of the hardest things uh, with brewing is consistency. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, We've said it so many yeah, times. Yeah, like I, I want somebody like you know you're drinking my howler at the moment, and if you were to have that in a year's time, I want you to drink it and say, yeah, that's as good as I remember it. Not mm -hmm. oh, the last one was better, or this version, you know, this this batch is not as good as the last batch. Um, you know that I don't want to be hearing that. I want people to go, yeah, this is cracking, and I'm back this summer to come in your beer field. And uh, we were drinking Bonobo all summer last summer, and that's what we want. Uh, you know, oh, it's a different beer. That's not what I want to hear. You know, so yeah. um, for us, it, it, it's about getting that consistency of the beers. It looks the same every time. It tastes the same. It smells the same. Uh, you know, and that that that's been the probably with me the the hardest thing to do is to make sure that happens um so which you know i think we're achieving because uh we, we do get that repeat custom and, and i don't get people saying oh it was better last time you know, <laughs> so, um, think touch wood as well it, it's obviously though no stifling yours or the, the breweries um creativity, if you like mm -hmm. because you said it yourself, you bring out a new thing and then automatically everybody want, or a load of people anyway, want to give, want it to become part of that core group of beers that, that then repeat so much so they give yeah. you stick when you try and brew it as a special, like every now and again. So not just the consistency, but also it means you can add creativity in, but within a, a structure, which you've got to do if you're trying to be commercially sound and if you've got an eye on the consistency at the same time. I know, Mark, you've got a question about Core Range. Well, I, I am. I'm kind of like floating around this, but a wee bit. But 
the, the part of me is kind of leading on from kind of the, this part of the conversation really is like one how like how do you manage a co-range as big as that from a brew kit like <laughs> that you've got I think is the first really simple question but then two obviously like and I, I probably should have dived into this while you were talking because it might have helped me but hopefully Jeremy you can but 16 different recipes yeah that you know and let's be honest everyone that we've spoke about so far has uh a unique hop profile you mentioned earlier 15 to 20 grams of uh dry hop on most of these kind of hazier beers that you're thrown in like that having worked in the the industry over the last sort of well, year you still you still do i i know i know but i know the cost that goes out to Charles Farm or whoever it is that you get your hops from, you know, and managing 16 different recipes um, and still having creativity, are you kind of like, are you, uh, is the recipes quite similar and then allowing you to kind of double batch, so brew a core like a core beer and then add X to, to make it one and then a add Y to add another one or is it just everything's brewed you know you're just your your, your brewed schedule must be absolutely phenomenal to be fair if you're um, on a regular <laughs> basis well um, yeah we don't um, have anything that we can sort of brew and then just go yeah we make this different beer because we've got a different hot profile yeah yeah um, all of our beers are different ABVs. That changes the, the profile of the beer straight away. Yeah. Um, the only range that we've done that is brewed the same is our Primate range, uh, which is our single hops. Uh, you guys had the Citra one in your, yeah, in so your packs. And yeah. we, we brewed that exactly the same. So that has exactly the same amount of hops in each one. It has the same... Um, Malt bell and everything, uh, yeah. Grain profile, yeast profile, it's all brewed, uh, goes through the centrifuge, exactly the same. So that is the only beer that we've done um, that we can just, you know, is re is repeated with yeah. just a, a different hop. Um, it's impressive. All the others is pretty, pretty much being completely different. Uh, you know, uh, some of the hops we use a hop rocket, um, the dry hops we use a hop rocket for, which uh, certainly most of our hazies um others we sort of dry hop more traditionally um so yeah it, there's lots of different methods we do um for the beers but uh yeah very much i i, I don't want to just get a, a base recipe and, and just put a different yeah. Uh, yeah. profile into it i just like i think that's incredible and they and you know without uh, obviously sharing too much i suppose by the same time you know just the 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 volume of different recipes the volume you know you're you'll be kegging stuff you'll be canning stuff as well you know which is it's not just as simple as let's just brew and fire it in one vessel and then it's you know it's the the variety and then the, the like all the combinations of sixteen kegs. core core beers um as honestly like when you i had kind of like i said before we started recording the core range that sort of circled um, because I was thinking, like, it's. I just think it's incredible to be honest with you. And so, <laughs> all testament to you for uh, whoever, um, if it's yourself or Becky, whoever manages the brew schedule. Honestly, you 
you probably deserve to drink all your beer at the reward <laughs> because it's um it's badass. I, if you don't mind, like uh, has anybody moved on? Just I was going I'm... to say I want to I want to go into right. what what we're drinking. Uh, quite, uh, quite quick shout out as a total brew novice but expert beer sampler. Uh, that's self-imposed that title, Jeremy. Um, shout out to my favourite bit of brew kit ever in the hot rocket. Is that not? Yeah. The, that's the bet. Yeah. Forget, forget, like sit centrifuge to one side because that sounds like it belongs in Tony Stark's lab. Um, hot rocket, hot rocket sounds awesome. <laughs> Definitely my yeah. my favourite my favourite bit of brewing kit is hot rocket. Um, aye, amazing, yeah, we, incredible we love it as well. It's uh, it, it's just a way of getting that massive impact of hops in, into the beers, but allowing us to get the hops back out of the beer so it's not mm-hmm. left in there for, for too long uh, one, one thing about our, the styles of beer that I brew which um, um, can be a positive and, and, and can sometimes be a negative is that I, I do actually like our beers to taste like a beer um, so mm. I, even on our, our, our neepers and uh, dippers and that I do like to balance the beers and have a bit of bitterness in the beer um, that's something that some people strive not to have but you know i'm not trying to make a fruit juice um yes, we are Jeremy. trying to make beers and sort of that balance i think is for us anyway for our style of beers is really important to have i'm i'm jumping in because uh i'm on the uh i'm on the baboon with the the dipper eight percent and everything you've just said i i is basically summing this beer up it's got this bitterness, but it's got this grassy dankness that goes with it. I'm guessing the galaxy pulls it through. And what I love is, obviously, your can art we've not touched yet is incredible and everything, right? But what I'm really enjoying on it is that you're you're putting the ingredients on the back. And that's, like you say, like a, a bit of a homebrew novice. I love understanding what's went into the beer and then kind of like thinking, well, I wonder what's what. Yeah. Even down to the yeast, even down, you know, everything is on the can. Grains, hops, yeast, everything. I I I circled this as soon as I wrote it down. And so this is a double IPA, Galaxy, Citra, Simcoe. So you're expecting dank, juicy, it's any oats in it, so it's got a bit mouth feel and all that kind of stuff. The thing that stood out to me on the back of the can was your yeast. It's a London ale yeast that's in it. Yeah. And when I, I I had a couple of mouthfuls of it, and I was like, "There's a bit of like kind of traditional like casky ale aspect to this that comes through in the back. You know, it's got a bitterness, but it's got like a malty aspect to it too." And then I read the can and it said ale, and I was wondering if that's why or whatever. But everything you kind of described bitterness, you know, it's a beer at the end of the day. Um, basically, describes this dipper, and it's actually quite refreshing because most dippers I've had turn into fruit juice, turn into uh, juice bombs. Um, and which are is... great as well. I, I, yeah, there's time and a place. Yeah, me personally, I find if they're too sweet, I can't drink much of it. You know, I can have maybe a, a third um, sort of in a tap or something like that. But if I go on to drink like a, a pint of a, a very sweet beer, uh, I'm sort of almost put off beer and like, right, where's the whiskey? You know, it, it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so you're you speaking like, Mark's language by the way, God, Jeremy. Man after my own heart. Like, <laughs> <what am I? laughs> yeah. Where 
may, maybe it is a bit, um, you know, I like to make beers that I like to drink. So, um, and that gives the excitement for me in making the beers. Um, you know, I very recently uh, up at BeerX, I had some guys say to me, are you still brewing? Why, why haven't you got somebody in brewing and, and, and sort of take a bit of a seat back? And I actually love the brewing side. That's my favorite. Like me being yeah. up on the brew deck, uh, sort of concocting the beer is actually when I'm in my element. Um, you know, so if I'm brewing something that I know that I'm going to like, and I'm going to enjoy drinking. Uh, it just makes my job more interesting, you know. So um, that that's very much where we've gone with our beers. Um, Capuchin, which is our other, you know, probably our third biggest selling beer. I don't think did I put a Capuchin for you guys? I'm not sure, but it's a uh, it's a seven seven-ish percent. You've had it, yeah. I had it. Uh, it didn't. It didn't last. It didn't last the. Obviously, like we said, we've been we've delayed this a few weeks, and it was sitting there staring at me, going, "You just need to drink me, <laughs> drink it was me. fucking great." <laughs> it was fucking. There's not the thing is, there's not there isn't actually a bad beer that I've had from missing like at all, and that's even down to the porter when I'm not usually a porter drinker. Granted, the porter got said to you guys, I know exploded. However, I'll tell you right now, it's great. Yeah, but yeah, so I, I think that. That, that's really important for us and you know going back to sort of the core range uh, and, and how we have such a big core range but it's actually um in a way almost makes it a lot easier because we're not trying to look at oh what hops are about and uh, what combination will work with this yeah. and you, know, you almost get in, into a position where you're making things up just to try and bring something new to the table yeah for us, you know, we can look, okay, we're running low on this, let's brew it. You know, so brew schedule-wise, you can look at your stocks and go, right, we're, we're down to our last X amount of cakes, we're going to need that soon, let's get it in tank. So it sort of almost makes decisions for you when you sort of have that sort of range that you're not going, right, what can we make now? You know, what hops have we got? And which can be fun and, and a lot of that is when we we sort of bring out our new beers we, we go through that sort of fun side of the process but uh for me personally i think it actually makes it a lot easier to yeah. actually have the core range uh, and also because we're managing to keep that consistency i think that's um where, where it's working for us i think if the beers tasted different every time um then, then that that would sort of make us probably change what we're doing but uh yeah Hundred percent, definitely. Who, Mark? Did we see? Did we get your beer? No, uh, I'm on. You see, I'm on the bamboo. We, did, we did yours. We did yours. Sorry, I, I couldn't remember that. Scott, what you got? Uh, Primate. So it's a single hop citra, and as Mark said, uh, and and Jeremy's alluded to as well, and his 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 approach. It tastes like a. It has a kind of proper beer aspect. Six percent. Um, it's cracking, it's got that kind of hefty body that you're looking for in something that's that kind of level. Again, though, probably it hides the 6% incredibly well. Um, really Moorish. Bags are kind of, obviously, citrus flavours in there. Loads of aroma, it's got, but it's got a decent bit of kind of beery bitterness on it as well, which is, is great. Um, it's not too clawing or sweet. It's got that, it's balanced, as, as Jeremy had said as well. 
it's not lasted incredibly long at all. And again, one that <laughs> you would shift a few uh, a few glasses of, I'd imagine, or cans of. You can totally tell why people like one can, like well, your testament to that, Gav. One oh. can's not enough. No. Um, sorry, Callum, I took the two of yours. <laughs> <laughs> As, Sorry, as I'm used to, get, I'm you're used, getting, I'm used to getting shortchanged on this podcast. Uh, so it's oh, absolute bollocks! You'll get me back. You'll get me back the next time. You're an absolute slaver. Um, oh. The it, it's one's not enough, and that's why you've got. That's why you've got a sixteen beer strong core range because everybody right. wants to buy six, twelve, and twenty four, which is a, a, an excellent problem to have. I imagine. Yep. It's well, just, uh, I think. Sorry, Jeremy. Carry on. Uh, with the primate that you, you're drinking there, that was something that um, I really wanted to do for a, for a long time. Sort of do the the single hop series uh, mm-hmm. because you know standing stand out when you have something like our capuchin, which has got like citra mosaic, all, all of those sort of classic sort of juicy hops, uh, and you're sort of blending the the amount of hops that you're putting into the beer and that to get a certain flavor it's so great to be able to split those out and actually mm-hmm. taste those hops individually you know idaho yeah. seven which was uh, our second to last release it was superb just to be yes. able to pick out those orange flavors and that it's actually a great learning curve for for us yeah. and also for a lot of our customers sort of trying the beers and going you know, we look at some of our comments that we've been getting and it's like, oh, now I know why I like Idaho 7 because it's got all those flavours that I love, you know, yeah. and it's great to see now going forwards, I'm going to get bit more beers with Idaho 7 in it because that's the yeah. sort of flavour I'm looking for. And the so that, been really aspect exciting. to that is incredible, isn't it? It's, we love it because like the, it, it caters to everybody. It caters to the people that want to learn. It also caters to the people that are kind of, Ticking everything off and want to have their their um their app filled with ratings uh, uh, everything and we are me and Mark Gav everybody I think is is as a sucker for a single hop series. Oh, I love um, them. We've, we've gone after a few. Tends to Aye. be with the classics as well. Like we love a a Citra. <laughs> we love. We've done the Columbus. We've done Centennial. Centennial. flavors. Cascade. It's all the old school ones that you want to go after as a single hop series, like, but and then you get, I suppose, the newer ones as well, like a Motu Eka or an Azaka or something, and just be able to define the flavor so that you can then try, um, at least with your first beer that you have in a, a tap room or whatever, to try picking out the hops in a combo. And then after that, it just becomes mush, but it's great, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to try, it's a good discussion that it's good to have a, a beer that. that that generates conversation just as well as it does is enjoyable to have on its own. Um, yep. It's good to kind of, to kind of start a bit, of, a bit of chat. Um, definitely. Beer definitely has that. It's well, we, we've different. just can. Yeah. Well, we've just can say um, uh, our latest uh, primate, which is mosaic. And that has been the most requested hop. Uh, we, we've had people emailing us and texting us and all sorts going, oh, when are you going to do a mosaic? You know, um, actually, that's an exclusive for you guys because we haven't told anybody that we've done a mosaic. Ah, ta-da! Yes! The scoop. The scoop. It says a lot, you know, you get all these sort of, you get all these sort of fad hops, like your, your you know, as, as, as Scott said, the Motu Ekas and your, your Flaming Sabros and, and Talus and, and all this kind of stuff. There's a reason why 
brewers keep coming back to your your Centennial, your Columbus, your Chinook, your you know the, the Mosaic, you know Citra. There's a reason why we keep using these hops that have been around for for forever. It's because they're amazing and because they make tremendous beers. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. You know, like it, it's <clears throat> some of these hop forward beers sort of really sort of attest those sort of classic American hops. You know, we're very much um, hop forward beers with American hop styles. Um, great influence, I think, by America, but I think the whole craft beer scene is is very much influenced by that. And um, we went to actually buy our uh, brew kit um, from Messes Brewtech, which is based just outside LA. Yeah. And I think that was a big eye opener for, for us while we were out there, was trying all these American styles and, and just going, yeah, these are good. You know, these are really good beers. Um, and coming back and sort of getting into brewing those sort of styles of beer was, uh, you know, a real eye opener for us. And getting those sort of classic American, you know, hopford hops is really part and parcel, I think, of bringing out these beers that we love to drink ourselves. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, it's like for me that the, the biggest thing with all the beers that that you make, Jeremy, is they're they're all very approachable beers, and like you said, they are just it's just it's beer, it's it's proper beer, done well, um, and every single one is so approachable. I honestly, if anyone gets a chance to go down to the tap room, like I said, down in West uh, West Sussex, if you get a chance to go to the tap room. Get yourself down to the tap room is is brilliant. It's a fantastic space. Um, Sunday there's a Sunday club. We it's booked out for fucking forever. <laughs> Basically, we do Sunday lunch. You, you've literally, in fact, the day I I think I I I stopped by. You were getting your equipment for your yeah because you had to upgrade the kitchen because it's that busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, my wife has got a. A, a business uh, a catering company that the garden chef she's sort of been running for about 18 years and um when we first started off the tap room it was all about food trucks um and we, we actually opened the tap room about a month before the pandemic hit us so we, we spent a huge amount of money on the tap room and we were all excited about opening it open the doors for a soft opening and then a month later we were like shutting the doors um, yeah. and using it as a shop so you know, utilizing um, <laughs> Becky sort of into the tap room, she does incredible food anyway. And um, we were like, well, this seems a, a resource we're not using. So yeah. she starts curating sort of the menus into there. And it's only about in the last six months that we've actually gone in that direction. And it's become so popular uh, that we were like, her kitchen has always been for outside catering. So it's never been quite set up for actual in-house stuff so we're like right we have to go and spend some money now and some uh, get the right kit so yeah you, you were there the, the day we were sort of refitting the yeah again again uh, good, good problems to have like like i said it's it's is that uh, not just is that not just the dream like how, how many it, times do you, how many times do you go for a nice meal and it's you you, you know peroni peroni or fucking, fucking heineken or some fucking shit like that you know how 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 much is that like what you're after you go for it you go for a lovely meal and you've got some quality 
Like a proper, it's like a proper Sunday lunch. This place, right? Honestly, right. Christ, by the way, the food looks incredible. Like it looks brilliant, and like you said, Cal, to have it paired up with fucking good beer. Oh, it's the it's how it's the worst thing for me in restaurants. T- slight tangent is that they might have some sort of like whether it's Beavertown or something like that. But the restaurant that you've been into, everybody's drinking wine or whatever, which is fine. I'd remind that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that means they're not drinking that. So when you decide to be the one person that every, drinks every, that every aye. every three weeks, it it's the first pint. pint it's the that. first pint that's been poured for the but, last two weeks. It's, yeah. it's guaranteed to be the worst <laughs> pint you've ever had. You you know what you're letting yourself in for when you go to X restaurant and say, "Have you got an IPA?" And they tell you they've got gamp like they've anything with a bit of flavour to it that's not allowed. Well, they, they turn around and go, I know. And they go, Oh, actually, <laughs> this pipe. Aye, here's, oh, this, this, aye, here's this 500ml bottle that I've got to blow 18 layers of stir off it. Um, yeah. Anyway, it, it's, it's an excellent thing. I mean, I know that um, friend of the, the pod, Jamie, was a, as a big was a big fan of a, a Sunday lunch when he stayed in, in, in London and he was often at the the Highgate and Tottenham for us, kind of, they were booking it and it was equally the same. It was weeks and weeks and weeks in advance. So I can only imagine exactly. it's going to be stood at the exactly. door. It's just a, it's a staple. Um, it's great. And to have yeah. excellent beer pouring at the same time is just the dream, isn't it? Well, I, th- I think the thing for us was, um, you know, we, we've set up almost in the middle of nowhere here. You know, um, we, we are on a... Uh, a byways intersection so we get a lot of people that are, you know going walking out on saturdays and sundays um but one thing that we realized right from the beginning was that food was going to be really important uh going forwards for us so um you know it works really well because people can come and they can try beers a, a big thing for us is doing uh flights i yep. think flights are really yeah. important uh, yeah it's a great sure a great thing <laughs> lovely you know we, we always have 10 10 beers on tap so there's there's always a good choice on there and we make sure that they are all different styles you know everything from our macaque which is our proper westie uh down to you know having the lager and the apa but also having a dipper on all the time you know make sure that there is something there for everyone to try and i think having it in the thirds as a flight you know gives people the opportunity just to try those beers they just never would um you know so it's worked really well for us i think yeah, it's working great. Honestly, I, I was stupidly impressed. One, again, with the beers. I've had your beers before and I love them. I picked them up. I at least pick at least one Missing beer up every month when I stop off at um, Middle Farm who support all local breweries, which is always nice. Um, but if, all the beers that we have we have tried this evening, um, again, obviously, like I said, again, thank you, Jeremy. You've been kind enough to um, gift this season. Let us uh, sample your beers. They're actually a part of um, the tasting selection pack, which is actually available on the website at missinglinkbrewing.com. At the moment, yes, it's done the stock. However, by the time you potentially hear this, um, there's new beers being brewed. Jeremy has told us, and he's probably going to tell us in a second as well. Um, so there, there will be. Uh, a replenish of stock so you can get hold of the taste and selection pack. By the way, it's only 20 quid and 90 pence Bargain. for six beers, which you told me in the tap room, Jeremy, it was only 20 pound 90 and I was like, that's a fucking steal. Yes. For six beers, I, I I don't know, I don't necessarily know where else you're going to go and get. No, that, that quality and that range of stuff as well, <sighs> you know, that that's going to hit everything. Like you say, there's 
beers for everybody. And if, if you're a, a se- now. if you're a seasoned uh, craft beer drinker and you've never tried Missing Link, then it's a great introduction to the brewery. If you like a specific style of beer and you think well, the boys have raved about X, Y, and Z today, it's probably worth a shout at twenty bucks. You know what I mean? Like it's just. I've actually filled a basket while we've been talking. My, my, <laughs> in my basket. You know that Cecilia approval, and uh, you could actually, you could actually fill a podcast with the number of times Mark said that. You know, I've actually been talking. I've filled my basket. You know, I just, I've just. Well, that's me. Just uh, dump. That's me. Just dump sixty quid. There you go. As soon as somebody says, oh, "I've got a West Coast that's on the website," and I just my only my brain goes, "I have to try." <laughs> like, so. But it's, it's, it's a, such a good uh, range. You say 16 core beers, and there's plenty of options on the website as well. So it makes it awesome. Well, our, our tasting pack, we try to keep it at a really good price because it's we want people to actually try all the different styles of beer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously, the most uh, that is our most popular single you know pack that, that people buy. Um, oh, but it, it's great for people to try other things other than just like a six-pack of Bonobo or howler or or whatever you know people go on there and that that's the main reason for us having that mix pack on there it's just to let people try different styles that they might not want and by keeping that price really reasonable even if there's a beer or two in there that they're not huge fans of they don't feel like that they've been diddled you know mm-hmm. like it might just might not be a style that they like but they've given it a try uh, and that's really important for us i genuinely think it's it's fantastic value for money um, we're going to put a, a link on, um, if you go on our Instagram page, you'll see in the bio, there'll be a link to, so you can go and purchase the tasting selection pack for yourself. And don't take our, our word for it. Go and grab yourself some of the beers and fuck me. I'm about to take our word for it, it's good. I'll so. take our word for it, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, take our word for it that it's worth the purchase and go nah, and buy I, it. I, I shouldn't have said that, I should, yeah. I know. Yeah. need to big yourself up a wee bit. No, the thing is, though, like, and we've said this before, it's one of the one of the key aspects of how why, well, why we run the podcast, why we do it the way we do it, is that it's the four of us doing it, like, sort of informally. There's no script. There's no, like, Jeremy will be the one to testament to this. There was no... <laughs> That it was five minutes. So guys, what we're we talking about? Nah, what we're we'll we talking it. about before? Um, <laughs> you, you'll, fi- you'll find it in a minute. We're now recording. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we managed we managed to fill an hour and a half or whatever it is, or an hour of us talking about the beers and 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 looking and diving into them. And it's worth like it's worth going in and uh, I, I, it's one. It's a brew that I've never really had too much of. I think I've got. I, I think I grabbed a can. When we drove past the farm when when we were down, um, but I've been super impressed, Jeremy. In terms of the setup, everything that you're kind of doing in terms of the local area, the tap room, sixteen core beers, I think, is an absolute um, mind fuck. Is the way I would go with it, and how you're managing that. So uh, honestly, I think it's a testament to yourself and Becky, and how you're sort of operating, and the quality of the beer as well for me has been wicked, and. Um, you know, a wee bit more westy in the in the cold IPA, but I'll order a couple of the West Coast cans and I can give people my uh, westy verdict on that. I thought the bamboo um, for me with the dipper was delicious. It wasn't overly sweet, and it's kind of it's kept its um, it's kept its head really nice and the whole way down there as well. And in terms of high quality beer, so um, 
I, I keep up the good work. I think is where I want to end from my point of view. I don't know if you were wrapping up there, Gav, or not, but um, I, was, I was slowly getting there. Getting there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, honestly, I think it's. Didn't it's, rest in that direction. That's what we love to hear, you know, like if we can make people enjoy the beers and also enjoy it as a, a range of beers, that, that, that's the most important thing for us you know rather than just being a, a single single beer that we we, we chuck out so thanks I, I really appreciate it. and i'd love to hear your feedback on our westie yeah no, oh, don't you worry i've got a better reputation sure. jeremy for uh, getting stuck into west coasts i get yeah. tagged on twitter all the time these days now where oh so hashtag, you did, didn't you? hashtag uh, west is best eh? uh, mark, mark, on, mark on beer <laughs> well, <laughs> Yeah, loves, well, a, loves a 440 mil canny nail varnish remover. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, he, he eats eats magic trees for brunch, Jeremy. That's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Um, Jeremy, um, if anyone like out there who's listening, where would be the best place to get hold of some missing link brewing beer? Well, we have it all over, like. As you know, Middle Farm is a great supporter of us that, that you go down to. Um, we, funny enough, we, we sell a lot of beer up to sort of the northeast and northwest. Uh, we probably sell more up that way than we do down the southeast here, um, <laughs> which is really interesting. Uh, so on, online is probably the easiest place. Um, you know, we do free shipping. Um, over 50 quid, and it's quite easy to get 50 quid in the basket, you know. And, yes, and <laughs> I, I think we we offer a quite a, a lot of beer for that 50 quid. So, um, you know, yeah, o- online I'd say is probably the best bet. Love yeah. meeting people. Come down to our tap room, you know, uh, we're not far from, from Gatwick. We're about 10 minutes from Gatwick and constantly love meeting people. Um, you know, we're very much about people here. Um, love getting feedback from our customers. Uh, that influences a lot of our brewing as well. Um, I can't, every time we've got people in there, we're doing a brewery tour or whatever, I'm constantly getting their feedback on what, what they like about the beers, what they don't like about the beers, which is really important for us as well. Definitely. You know, and um, I think you met Rachel, who's um, our yes. factory manager. She's super approachable, loves a good chat and uh, full of knowledge. Um, so, yeah, c- come down and visit us. Uh, Scotty boy. Oh, um, actually, oh, one yes. last thing, actually. Um, which is going to be a new thing that's launching end of next week is we've got glamping pods on site. I've um, seen that on your website. Yes. So yeah, you you probably clicked on the link that doesn't go anywhere at the moment. I did. Um, I was like, so, "Fuck is that?" Because I thought my to... I thought my tablet broke. Yeah, it's it's not technically supposed to be up there yet, but um, so uh, we've got missing link glamping, which is we've got like ten really lovely brand new glamping pods uh for people to come stay one night um drink as many beers they want and Scott. have a lovely comfortable night after that i was so, just going to lie down i was just going to lie down in the field jeremy but that's fine if there's a glamping pod here for me that's fine we've, we've got one of them as well you know we've got the, the beer field which actually was a knock-on effect from the pandemic because we've got this awesome field with amazing views and we looked at 
licensing it. And we thought there's no way in hell we'll ever be given a license for that. And during the pandemic, they, they said, right, you, pub gardens can open. And we were like, well, we haven't got a pub garden, but we've got a very big field. A pub field. So we put that, <laughs> so we put that into licensing thinking there's no way they're going to let us have a field for two acre social distancing in there (laughs) yeah well we can fit like two thousand people in that field and um and yeah they they gave us the license you know amazing once they've given it they can't take it back so um i'm smelling a festival awesome field all the way through the summer like people out there sort of chilling people bring their own games uh gazebos kids stuff um, you know, everyone just has a, a great time. So nice. it's a very exciting time of year for us when we get to open up the beer field. Oh. <laughs> so, so Scott's coming down. Um, I may, I may just have to book a. Are train, you coming down now as well? <laughs> ah, <laughs> fucking, here we go. I've got a hotel now. Uh, the the plan is we're, we're going to Brew London uh, start of May, and uh, awesome. Scott and another friend of ours is, is coming, and uh, I have. We're going to we're brew London on the Friday, and I've got a, a whole for the rest of the stay. I've, I've got like a brewery list of where we're going to go. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. got missing light, we've got Mirakai, got blah blah blah. I've gone there, there, and there. Right, so, Beerfield, yes, sounds like a right and glamping. Fuck yeah. In fact, you might not, you might not actually be staying at Main Scotch, you'll be getting kicked That's into fine. the glamping. Glamping pod sounds all right. I'm yeah. a that for the weekend, that sounds fine. Just leave me there. It's yes. proper love it. Well, love it. Well, well, definitely let me know when you guys are coming. I'll make sure I'm around and I'll, I'll have a bit. I will get a beer. Excellent. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, like I said, head over to the website missinglinkbrewing.com. Grab yourself one of the t- tasting uh, selection packs. 20 quid and 90 pence. Like, come on. Bargain. Fucking absolute bargain. Like I said, get yourself over 50 quid. And you can get free delivery. Who doesn't love free delivery? I'm an absolute for free delivery. I just love free delivery. Who wants to spend an extra four quid? Fuck it. On me a beer, mate. Seven pounds sixty-two to be precise. Is it? Fuck I'm just saying. Like I know I'm I'm on the website as we speak. (laughs) 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 I started filling the basket up over fifty quid quite quickly. So. Well played, well played. Uh, Missinglinkbrewing.com, uh, get yourself to the website, grab yourself some beer. Make sure as well you head to the Instagram, Facebook and Twitter pages, just search mission, Missing Link. While you're at it, you can search for the Beer Fridge podcast as well. Like, follow and share all the content and you can show your support by giving us a five-star rating or head to our Patreon page to show your official support, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast for exclusive content and a wee bit more on the side from us as well jeremy stunning having you on it was great fun um can't wait to come back down next time and get a uh, catch a beer with you scott's coming with me and another friend yeah. of the podcast <laughs> Um, yeah. Like I so said, we'll give you, we'll, we will give you a shout indeed. But yes, until next time in the podcast, to myself, Gavin, Mark, Scott, Calm, and Jeremy from Missing Link. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Bye bye. Beer Fridge Podcast.